May 21, 2021. It's a lot for Pete Rose Show.
Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Friday. Well, we start off the show with John Coltrane doing Love Thy Neighbor. 1958 from his prestige days, huh? He quit dope that year. No, he quit dope the year before. I was born that year. So uh, this is like, uh, yeah, some felonious monk. I think he did nine months with him after. Miles socked him in the gut after a gig for nodding. Anyway, after that was Andrew Lessman. Anadon, I think is how you pronounce it. And, uh, brother, you know, the show just turned 20 years, right, on the 19th. Didn't have a show, but that was Wednesday. And really missing Brother Matt because I did the first one with him 20 years ago, but because of situation and stuff, thinking of him big time. But I'm not totally man alone because of those software engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention. I got Brother Andrew Lesman with me. Welcome aboard, Andrew. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. 20 years. A big respect to Howard for making the connect. Thank you, Brother Howard Wolfen. Yeah, thanks, uh, Howard. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, well, I want to talk about uh, your journey through music. I know a little bit. I did some research. You weren't always a stick man with the beat in the hand. You also fucking slung the bone. Some bass <laughs> a <play>. little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, l- let me let you tell. Uh, uh, Andrew, please bring your earliest musical recollection. Uh, well, it it would have been... It would have been uh, with my dad, who was uh, who still is a sax player down in San Diego. Um, so there's definitely some music memories that are deep down that I can't remember <laughs> from when I was really small. Um, yeah. Now he would take me to the recording studio um, when I was a baby, but probably the last thing I can remember is sitting on his lap at the keyboard, and he would play tunes on the piano and and sang and like teach me the lyrics and stuff. And I remember we did, uh, what was it? Uh, Nightingale sang in Berkeley square a lot. Oh yeah. So, so there's a piano in the pad you grew up. Yeah. So, you know, it was kind of by osmosis really just, you know, getting the jazz music in my ears. He was a jazz guy. Sure. Sure. But did you, I'm curious about, did you jump on that piano yourself, man alone? Oh, a little bit. (laughs) I never had any lessons, though. You didn't have uh, to go through that. You know, the people I've had on the show, Some that's almost made them quit music, that experience. Yeah, luckily, I I love the piano because, maybe because of that. I never had that, <laughs> uh, you know, strict piano teacher. I just kind of fucked around myself and figured it out. But that was kind of the nice thing about, you know, growing up with it is that it, it was all very informal, you know. music friends would be around the house and you know sometimes i'd come and play around and they'd show me stuff let me ask you about school like uh were you in the choir the marching band or shit like that uh i did marching band that's probably where the bone came from right the the bone was in middle school uh there was like a, a wind ensemble in like seventh grade or so and i wanted to play sax they had enough sax players already, so they put me on the trombone, and I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> um, and I hated it. I hated it the whole time. Like, was Can I ask why? Practiced. Can I ask why? Why I hated the trombone? Yeah. Uh, I think I just thought the sax was cooler, and... Well, of course, your pop did it. was like, uh, I had to, like, make farting sounds with my lips, you know... <laughs> 
Yeah. That's right. People don't realize that with the brass instruments, yeah, a lot of it's coming off the lip. It ain't just working buttons like the other instruments. Yeah, I yeah, I guess the technique of it just it never clicked with me. Uh, and no disrespect at all to the brass players, of course. But, of course, uh, music is music, right? We need guys on all the fucking trips to make a big symphony. Yeah, um, I didn't can, have own like idol or anything like that. Can I ask you this? This is like listener, listener question. Mm. What, what was the first record you bought with your own money? Uh, Dookie by Green Day. <laughs> okay. And what was the first gig you went and saw? Um, well, I, you know, I've been around my dad's gigs a lot. Ah, yeah, so, that's right. But the first, the first like show that like I went to when I was getting into music for myself uh, would have been Warp Tour in like 2001, I think. So 85, 95 bands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All playing at the same time. Like you got to stand yeah. in front of the cats you really like because yeah. the sound, the, 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 what do you call it? The overlap, the pollution. <laughs> uh, interesting, interesting. Now, uh, this thing about like you love music because, you know, you pop you're growing up in a house full of it, but you don't like the bone. So what's your next plan? Try to find an instrument you do like. Yeah. Yeah. So after a year of the bone, I switched to a uh, snare drum. There was a, a music store in town that would do all the rentals and uh, they, you know, they let me do snare drum instead. And I guess that would be eighth grade. Um, and I didn't, you know, get on drum set for another couple of years i guess but you know that i had a a good time you know learning the foundation learning how to hold the sticks and all that yeah stuff. let me ask you about that because you know the field drum shit you're slinging it right so there's that kind of traditional grip versus yeah. rock and rollers with magic grip. yeah now i play traditional grip more but at the time it was all mashed grip Oh, 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 really okay because yeah I, I don't know if the listeners know that but but by you slinging it it's on the side there. It's hard to kind of do match grip. It makes perfect sense why that traditional grip came about. Uh, yeah, the, the marching manufacturers, uh, they changed it up and made, you know, made a harness. So right, it so it'd be in front of you instead of on the side, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. So uh, what about ends of the stick? Because Bill Bateman on the blasters, now he would do traditional, but one side he'd do pointy side, the other side the fat side. Yeah, I mean, I do. To compensate, you know, like <laughs> yeah, some kind of compensate. Backbeat a lot of the time, not when I'm playing jazz stuff, but, you know, when I'm doing backbeat stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah, using the butt end. Okay, so now, now you're on snare drum for a while, right? You don't move to the contraption, the trap set until when? I think I was 12, 12 when I first got a kit. Yeah. And and how'd you get that kit? Because that's a big chunk of change for a kid. Yeah, it was. I mean, uh, it was a gift from my pops, um, and it cost. You know, it was a cheap one. It was like two hundred, three hundred dollars maybe. It was like a Honer kit. Wow, and like the, the Beetle Bass. Oh yeah. No, that, that's Hofner. Hofner is the harmonicas. Okay harmonicas yeah exactly you know so you can imagine like the quality of the kit you know <laughs> feel as harmonicas 
But they probably but they probably jobbed it out to Randall or something. <laughs> Rogers, Rogers, that's good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, you got a whole fucking kit. So where do you practice this thing? In your bedroom? Um, at my mom's house, uh, we had it. We were in the Midwest, so we had basements, and oh, you know, okay. yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. So. <laughs> and usually that's where you know. I'm not talking after school, I graduate, but in the afternoon when you do the basement band, the garage band, the bedroom band, all the guys meet up at the drummer's pad, right? Because he's got to set up and tear down. Yeah, yeah. When I when I was in the Midwest, it was in the basement, and uh, you know, I only knew one guy who played music at school and he played guitar and we you know we learned nirvana songs and stuff like that played like some some little shows at like oh you did do gigs did you do any of your own songs ever um i didn't start writing until um, i guess i was like 17 18 yeah and i didn't really perform it all that much either okay so it was mainly like a practice band but fuck you need to do that that's for sure yeah you still in touch with this guy? Because that's he's kind of important. He was the only guy in fucking town. What town was yeah. this? Yeah, I actually we we lost touch for a while, but uh, I was on tour with a band a few years back, and when we went through Chicago, I got back in touch with him after like must have been ten years or something, and, and we hung out, and it was great. Yeah, I think it's a lot better than getting a fucking message via fake look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, look, I want to play uh, Waterfront Lookout.
Stuck migration for war, claimed the birds were gesticulating at him as they flew in formation. He'd seen it all before, knew the flight patterns, accused countries of wedging into countries like doorstops. Don't let them touch ground, he whispered, leaning like a barrier in the doorway, waiting to see who would pass. The birds cursed at a runway. They feared to land. No one damned the tide as it came and went beneath their wingspan, nor commented on the dinghies as they sunk. Songs became cries, became murmurations, became silence. And then there was me, standing dead center, stretching my arms like a bridge, waiting for someone to cross. Holding back the urge to draw two lines in the sand that started from the same origin. I've never seen a single run out of scum.
Pedro Show. That chunk of music started out with Andrew Lesman doing Waterfront Lookout. Pedro for you. <laughs> Just hobbling by there, they smart. Chris Butler after that brand new beautiful tale at Ohio. Uh, Akron or Cleveland? I always mix them up. He moves between the both. Uh, Sarah Oswald and Felder Melder, brand new. Fishes and Histogram Waterfalls. <laughs> That's a title. Uh, Sophie uh, Sparham, Christopher Gregory out of uh, Derby, England with Versus, or V, parentheses, Ursus. Uh, Ballerina Nun from Bombas Prandon, SLWCC Watt, Iowa City Band, Collab, uh, that I'm involved with. Droops, his uh, buddy, uh, Sam's buddy, uh, Bob Bucko in the mirrored ones after that with stars out of debut. Deep in the Woods, 66, from Dublin, Ireland. Tommy O'Sullivan, brand new album. It's the end of the fucking world is the tune. And Big Bone Jim from David Dominique, which has got a Andrew Lesman uh, 
Lesman Connect, I know, because I got the music from him. Okay, so, uh, yeah, you, you, you do your time in Elgin. Uh, in the basement there, wood, a lot of it's woodshed, right? Now, did you have a teacher? Were you taking teacher less, uh, drummer lessons? Uh, I did, yeah. I, I took drum lessons out of a music store in Elgin. And uh, he probably, <laughs> now, that, now that I look back, I mean, he was into like some of the same music that I was getting into, uh, uh, you know, alternative rock stuff. So I was learning a lot of songs, mostly. His technique, honestly, was not very good, but I was learning a lot of songs. Um, so the idea but, of, like, uh, learning forms, like here's a bridge, here's a chorus, here's the intro and outro, that kind of shit? Yeah, yeah, you know, just like a small room, you know, with the drum kit, and I would play along to, like, you know, the the stereo, you know, just playing along to these records. Right, right. But, I mean, learning forms, I think, is a little bit important. It's not, I mean, the obviously the main goal is to try to find your own fucking sound, right? But a, yeah. good, a good teacher will help you with that. But would you say, looking back now, it was a positive experience? Yeah, I mean, that, you know, that was pretty early on. I got a much better teacher when I moved to, to San Diego when I was 13. Okay, what's the difference? Well... Difference being, uh, you know, I, I was living with my dad. My, my parents were kind of like split up. So in Illinois, I was with my mom and there's not really any musicians on that side of the family. So, you know, I was kind of taking whatever I could get in Elgin. Um, but I go to San Diego and, you know, my dad's got all these buddies. So he hooked me up with uh, a great teacher, Duncan Moore, down in San Diego. Right, because um, he's got the connects with fucking probably incredible stick, man. Yeah, so that that was like really what kick started my my little journey with the drums was you know meeting him and and going out to see music all the time. And oh, like he'd do suggests on you, right? Hey, check this out, check that out. Oh yeah, I got so much so much music from him. Uh, <laughs> he gave me like a couple gig hard drive, which was like insanely big at the time, with just a bunch of records on it. Uh, <laughs> which I probably shouldn't say piracy, but you know. No, but what he was saying, learn, uh, learn by listening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And he would he would do you know crazy like technique stuff on me. He would have me play these snare drum exercises, pad exercises. And he would go behind me and like put his stick under my elbow and like you know move my arm around just to get me loose stuff oh, like. Wow. What what do we call that stuff? Rudiments, right? Yeah, yeah, I was getting into the rudiments. I think those are important, right? Because that's how you start building up vocabulary, to find your own voice. Mm. And, you know, learning, studying guys like, you know, Steve Gadd. He ah, was a big yeah, Gadd Steve guy. Gadd. Oh, my God. A pretty good sense of time with that cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> time, isn't that a tough thing? That's how, especially playing with other people, right? So yep. what about that? Do you... Do you you know, besides your learning with this uh, drum teacher shit, do you do the little side band with people your own age? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, at that point, I was I was kind of getting like equally into to punk rock and jazz at the same time, uh, which was kind of weird. I had a punk rock band at the time, and we were playing around. Doing I don't a lot think of it's weird. I don't think it's weird. I, I think 
Well, actually, yeah, it's great to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, I think the average guy would <laughs> might say it's weird, but somebody who's been around a little bit, I don't think it's weird at all. <laughs> totally. So I think you were on the right fucking trail there, Andrew. Yeah. It, it was very separate at the time, though. I, I didn't I had, I had, didn't start mixing them yet, you know? Um, so I had, like, a full, you know, punk rock band. Um, and then I was also getting into to jazz at the same time and, uh, you know, I, I knew a couple, I had a couple good friends, uh, they actually still play together, these, these guys, the Matson too. Um, they're like twin brothers who played kind of alt jazz stuff. But we were all hanging out, you know, a lot in like 10th, 11th grade, getting into music, you know, you know, we were talking a little bit about tortoise, we were both really into them a lot, and also like more straight ahead jazz. And we started playing a lot of gigs around town. I got this hotel, like, lobby. All, all of us kind of did. Like, it was hard to tell who was kind of the leader of that one. I think the twins got it you're, first. You're talking hotel lobby gig. Yeah, we had this gig at, like, a Marriott for, like, two years. Um, I'm pretty sure the twins got it. And then when they got busy, they foisted it onto me. And then uh, <laughs> I, I roped in some other people. And it was kind of a rotating door thing but it was i think it was weekly so you know it was a great learning experience to play all the time and basically it was like to fill up time you'd play like huge blocks yeah yeah it, you know all standards we would play all like standard tunes but, but what i'm trying to say it ain't like a, a club gig it's more like a i don't want to say lounge but lounge yeah like people talking over us yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, the chatter was louder than the music, so I, I got really used to being ignored. But, you know, there's kind of like some freedom to me when sure. you're being completely ignored. You have to, like, kind of toe a line between uh, not playing too crazy that people get mad, but, like, kind of creating a nice vibe so they can ignore you and have enjoy their own company or whatever. <laughs> you be interesting wallpaper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's a trip. But anyway, my deep down philosophy is whenever you play, you're fucking investing time in playing the next time. So it's never wasted. Yes, no, I I never felt like that was wasted time at all. I, you know, we we would find creative ways to challenge ourselves, and it it was honestly a lot of a lot of fun. And and I'm, I'm, you know you were saying standards. So did you develop like fake fake book? kind of things to uh, remember the f forms and shit like that? Yeah, yeah, we would play out of the fake book. Uh, I I mean, for me, I guess it's easier for a drummer to say, but I, I really don't like having a page in front of me. So I a lot of the tunes we played, I would just get them in my ears um, as soon as I could or, you know, like learn the form like you were talking about, you yeah. know, is this AAB, you know, 32 bar or whatever. Yeah. And, and then just really, you know, focus on having the the, the listening connection. I, I feel like the, the page kind of gets in the way of that. Yeah, of course, of course. And those things, are they're just kind of like brief summaries, right? It's not like manuscripts. Right. It's yeah. just something, you know, especially if you, you, you know, a repertoire of like 500 tunes. <laughs> you might need a little yeah. help, <laughs> a little mnemonic device or something like that. Look, we're at the end of the first hour of the May 21, 2021 edition of Watt for Pedro Show. Special guest, Andrew Lessman. Hold tight for hour two.
May 21, 2021. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
por la sala 22.
Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Show we start off the second hour with uh, Laura Chahaya. 
I hope I didn't fuck that up. Laura Ch- Ch- Chihaya Trio? I think I think you got it. Okay. Yeah. And, and and is this our, the Ornette uh, Coleman song, Lonely Woman? It is, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's a cover. So it's a cover, yeah. But, you know, anytime, like Ornette would do, you interpret it, reinterpret. So yeah. Joe Biza does a great version of Lonely Woman. Mm. Yeah, several different ones. You know, it depends who's he playing with, right? Uh, Clock yeah. after that with Miserloo. That's been done buttloads of time, but not like this. this kind of Eastern Europe. Uh, Chicha Libre after that. Well, that's uh, bass man uh, Jason Lafarge from Caesar's Palace in Brooklyn with uh, Tres Pasajeros. Pasajeros. Excuse me. Troopa Troopa from Poland with Influence. Earl Slick, he was on the show yesterday. Gary and Jake. It's like from his first recordings. That he switched over from the drums to the guitar. So he, he made a record right away. Why not? Fuck it. If you can play drums, you can play anything, people. That, I shouldn't... If I was made fewer or some bullshit like that, you couldn't graduate school unless you learned the drums. <laughs> and then you got to do a year traveling after high school. Those would be my two requirements. And then finally, the wedding present, flying saucer. Is this the wedding present from England? It is, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I played with them uh, or shared a bill with Firehose like year in maybe late 80s. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, they've been around for a while. Yeah. That that one, I I debated whether to include that one or not because it's unreleased and uh, you know I I don't know if they'd approve, but I, I'm not gonna ever have a chance to show that to anybody. They, they came out here and they needed like a, a drummer for a couple of gigs, and we did this recording session here in LA, and we did like a few songs that they were kind of working on, like new material. Yeah, and then this one which is like you know old an older jam that they play a lot. And the other ones were like a little bit messy. So I'm sure well, they don't look, want that. You're, you're trying to show people the different things you've done. I think it was cool to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to, got to show my rock and roll cred. Yeah. Right. That's it. The other thing is actually, we're going to play that next chunk of music. I fucking read the playlist wrong. <laughs> yeah, after Chicha Libre was Matt Nelson with If You Get Bit, Just Hate the Bite. And this is a bass man out of uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, in- uh, interesting cat. And Alexander Noyce. That's what you gave me. On the yes. Fond du Lac. Which sounds like a little Quebecois, huh? Uh, so Alexander Noyce, how'd that connect him? We've known each other for a long, long time. Um... We both came came in uh, at CalArts at the same time, back in two thousand five. Okay, and... we, we we should talk about that. So from San Diego, sure. you 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 do some institutional musical learning by going to CalArts. Yeah, yeah. And what, uh, what what made you pick that school? I I know several music cats who have because and it's a good choice, I think. Yeah, I mean, I only I only applied to two different schools. It was either that one or the new school in New York. Um, and the reason I I uh, checked out CalArts was because of Wadada Leo Smith. Yeah, um, great. I met him down in San Diego at uh, this UCSD uh, jazz camp. Aztecs, that would happen. Aztecs. And, and I got to tell you, people, uh, Mr. Smith is a trumpet man. It just shows you music is music. You... 
You know what I mean? You can go across yeah. this phony genre shit. You can go across this, well, yeah, I'm on the bone. No, I'm on the drum set. No, I'm on the trumpet. It's all music, people. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. He. I mean, he really got me thinking about music in a different way. That's um, beautiful. That's beautiful. And it, it was really fortunate because, you know, some people, you know, I think there was there was a tuition to go to this jazz camp, but uh, my my teacher Duncan Moore, who I told you about before, yeah, he, had, he was a kind of an adjunct teacher there, so he just kind of got me in like off the books, and because of that, I didn't get a lesson with um, any of the drummers that were there. They gave me a lesson with Wadada, <laughs> um, you know, this trumpet player composer guy, which I thought was random at the time, but it was amazing. Uh, he just sat at the piano and we played a little bit, and he would tell me very strange, like, cryptic things that, that I didn't understand. Like, um, like, like Cohen's? Yeah. It, he left me with stuff that I, like, spent years kind of thinking about. And so, you know, I, I when it was college time, I, I tracked him down up there, and I went and visited and, you know, went by his office to say, hey, what's up? And uh, he remembered me and was like, yeah, come by anytime. So... Yeah, that ended up being where I chose to go. Fucking bitch. Uh, I want to play something you gave me from Matt Keevil called Light, Light Depression. Yeah, yeah.
Sagittarius. 
getting real We'll send a sign For furthest land We'll bend the bars We'll reach the
lot from Pedro show. That chunk of music, for sure, people. Starting with Matt Kivel doing Light Depression. And, uh, of course, Andrew is long for the ride there. Uh, or to Aiden to bed, I should say. And Mickey uh, Sanker after that via Jack Brewer with Superhuman Unknown, Troopa Troopa. Now, yeah, now we uh, overlap with the other fucking mistakes. So you already heard these ones, but yeah, Troopa Troopa, Eric Slayton, the wedding present. Okay, how many years were you at CalArts? Uh, four years. Okay, oh, wow, because a lot of cats don't do it in four. Okay. And, and, uh, dur- and dur- Oh, yeah, I did undergrad there, so, you know, it, yeah. Most people go for master's, I think, with just two years, but... Yeah, but some dudes, yeah, it's the 12-year, <laughs> two-year program. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't make it to master's status. That's all right, that's all right, you know, because... In a way, life is a classroom. You never fucking graduate, buddy. <laughs> nope, nope. That's the whole lesson of my third opera. But but while you were there, were you part of uh, some ensembles? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, some informal ensembles, some, you know, faculty ensembles. Uh, I had one group that really kind of stuck... Uh, was Vinnie Golia, who I think you know. Absolutely. I got to do, in fact, it was Henry Kaiser who made me do it, right? The Both Suites of John Coltrane, Meditations and Love Supreme. I was oh, like, yeah, no fucking way. Yeah, John Hanrahan ended up being the drummer man. But I was like, fuck this. I, I love this guy's music. I ain't going to soil it. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Vinny was fucking and, and Henry and Wayne P too he ended up the, the organ man good friend of Nels Klein had recorded and yeah, John yeah. actually he, that music helped him quit drinking an uh, incredible drummer man but so 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 the Vinny the, meeting Vinny and getting to play with him yeah yeah I mean that that's a we had a band uh, that started as a just a school ensemble and you know, we're still playing off and on today. Uh, I mean, hopefully we will again soon when shows are coming back. But yeah, we uh, the Vinnie Golia Sextet started up there. And yeah, we've been going on a decade at this point, put out a couple of records. Uh, one of them you have. But when do, when do, did you, was your first recording when you were up there at CalArts or before? Yeah, probably would have been up there. Yeah. Because they have they have recording facilities right on the campus, right? Yeah, they got a recording studio there. Um, that's that's one thing that I, I never really uh, got deep into that I wish I had big time is learning how to engineer because they they just had that that you could sign out and you know fuck around behind the board. But I, I spent a lot of time recording stuff up there. I'm a big proponent. I mean, in the old days, there was a Grand Canyon between the guy, you know, Rudy Van Gelder and John Coltrane, right? But I think mm. because of the way equipment is now, musicians can record themselves. Yeah, I mean, those couple of tracks you played of mine, you know, earlier yeah. are kind of a result of, of me not really learning the right ways to do it. and Learning your way, your way. Do it, yeah, you know, a very lo-fi way. Um you know, with a, a lot of like iPhone mic instead of real microphones. So, <laughs> yeah, but man, I can imagine the first time you're on a skateboard, you probably weren't fucking pulling ollies. 
No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but just to go out there and dare to do, I'm trying to encourage more and more, especially this last uh, 14 months of situation, right? Um, yeah. Like, you know, I think you can get a lot of cool, cool sounds, not worrying too much about the gear and, you know, just using those limitations to, you know, kind of in- inspire some creativity, you know, in its own weird way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, expression is expression, right? Yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, that, I guess that's those tracks are sort of my version of jamming Econo, right? <laughs> it's not just a slogan. It's a way of life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your kindred spirit, Andrew. Well, look, we're at the end of the second hour, May 21, 2021, Dishwap Peter Show. Special guest, Andrew Lessman. Hold tight for hour three. May 21, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. <laughs>
Lot from Pedro Show. We start off the third hour. The Vinnie Goli of Sextet with OK Xavier. No, OK Dr. Xavier. Excuse me. I guess only women have them. Not those. We have them too? I guess question mark. Interrogative. Okay. Then we had uh, Lucas Abella from uh, Sydney. E is for eczema. Morgan dealt after that, Little Zombies. And then, I think this is your current proj, Teethers. Yep. Goose chasing. And so, so, so yeah, tell me about Teethers. Um, well, there's definitely some crossover with the other projects. Uh, you played some Alex Noyce music earlier. He's the guitar player in Teethers. And, uh, yeah, this is like a bunch of music that I've been writing over the years. Some... Goose Chasing is one of the first things I wrote, so that's like a pretty old piece. Um, and I finally, you know, got around to getting my own band together and, and recording it. Um, so this is going to be an ongoing project. So, you so Teethers, you're the shot caller. Yeah, yeah, it's all great, my great. stuff. I Chico, tell everybody. Chico, Chico Hamilton, right? <laughs> Gabor Zabo's in my band. I'm not in Gabor right. Zabo's band. Uh-huh. He lived in Pedro a little while, good boy's elbow. George Hurley got way into Chico. You know, Chico Hamilton had a real rough time trying to get songwriting credit. Did he? Yeah, the publishers, right? So, drummers can't write because so, the notes, I guess, last too short. So, Goose Chasing. Okay, when you're composing music, what's the first thing? Are you thinking rhythms or melodies? Melodies, melodies. Um, for, for all this stuff that I write for my band, it's, it's written mostly at the piano. Uh, one of them I wrote on guitar, but mostly on the piano and, uh, the drums are the last thing that I, I figure out. So. And for the band, for the band members, I'm sorry to interrupt, but for the band members, do you create demos? Usually. Yeah. Yeah. Usually I do. Um, I think for goose chasing, that's just written on, you know, pen on paper. But there's some other stuff that's a little bit more intricate that I I do make demos for. Yeah. And then uh, Alexander, he hears this shit and are are they like sketches for him? You know, like uh, lines on the road, like boundaries or uh, does uh, so he can improvise or does is he pretty strict about following your. Uh, it, it depends. It depends. I, it, for, you know, it, it depends on how specific I am. I, I like to keep things kind of open to interpretation, but you know, there are definitely lines on the road that, uh, I must enforce. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah for, pro- for that, probably for sure the statements, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that melody actually is, uh, I think I had to sing it to them a bunch because it it doesn't really fit on paper and it's very loose with the time. Yeah. So it it took actually a while to get that, that melody the way I heard it in my head. So yeah, I I would sing it to them. Well, you know what Mr. Wells said, no wine before it's time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So if it takes a couple thousand chance, then you got to do that, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's why it took me kind of a while to, to get this project going because sure, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, anal, not about like the technical details, but you know, to, 
to kind of correctly represent, you know, things the way that I hear it. And, you know, all the, all the guys who played on the album with me, I, I've been playing with for a really long time. So if, if we had just kind of gotten it thrown together, you know, when, you know, with some studio cats or something like that, it, it wouldn't work. So there's, there's something really special about having that communication with like, you know, people who I hang with all the time, you know, let alone have played music a lot with. Right. And for example, this next tune, Love Poem. Mm. Describe that process. Since, since, you know, Goose Chasing goes way back, but you probably wrote, I don't know when Love Poem came in. Yeah, yeah, this one's a little bit newer. Okay. Um, and, and that's the one I wrote on guitar. And that kind of made me, you know, think of chords in a different way. So it's got, you know, a different character than a lot of the other more thorny kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, this, I mean, this one is really just a, a tone poem. Um, I don't know what to, what else to say about it. <laughs> it oh, but you we know, don't have to say it, anything. We can play it for the people. Let them listen. Yeah.
Watford Pivo Show last music for this edition. Love poem from Teethers. After that, live uh, performance, N times 10, or X, can't tell if it's a Roman numeral, or 2019, Ikue Mori, and uh, Charmaine Lee. Ikue Mori, she was drummer lady for uh, DNA. I saw maybe 1981 or 80 at the Hong Kong Cafe, Chinatown here. And then finally, Monopoly on Violence slash Mushroom Dance, Teethers. Okay, so where was this album recorded? Uh, it was recorded in my house. Oh, um, great, man. It sounds fucking bitchy. Yeah, homemade. <laughs> See, it just shows to go, yeah. I think the equipment's made like fucking buttloads of progress. Yeah, uh, it's not my equipment, but uh, a, a roommate of mine has a, he built a home studio here and okay. uh yeah he got it sounding pretty good and that was nice to record at home because i'm pretty lazy and i don't like moving my drum gear all around <laughs> and and like how long was the process um we tracked the the drums bass and guitar all together uh i think in one session maybe it maybe it was two days back to back now was, uh, there was prac ahead of this time though right yeah, yeah, we did some practice before that. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Well, some people... Well, I guess at, at, at your own pad, it's not as bad. But dudes who book $1,500 a day studio time to do prac, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, those days are gone, thank God. Like, my heart bleeds pink lemonade for those motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, uh, going back uh, to your, the recording, would you call it self-produced? Well, I mean, I... I didn't produce it all myself, but I had uh, a couple of friends help okay, me. Okay, well, you know, my mind reading skills ain't that good yet, Andrew, but I'll get oh, there. I'll get yeah, there. So, <laughs> so, so my friend Chris, he's the one who recorded it here okay. in the house. And then to to mix it, I, I hung with uh, my good friend Billy Walmo, who who's a great producer and songwriter that I play with in his band. And uh, he awesome. was down to hang with me and, and just, like, mix this. So, so we had... A few, you know, pretty long days fucking around in uh, in Logic and you know, making interesting mixing choices. He's got he's got a pretty interesting approach um, to mixing. He's not a jazz guy at all, so that, that that's kind of what I what I wanted was a. No, you but know, you got to barter some skills, right? You help him out with some drumming, and he helps you out with some mixing. Yeah, it was a barter situation. Well, no, but sure. that, I think that's beautiful, man. When musicians do that kind of shit for each other. To me, that's where fucking things are happening. Cooking with gas. Yeah, yeah. I don't really like depending on on people that I don't know that I have to pay a bunch of money to. It's like, it's more, <laughs> not that I don't respect musicians enough to pay them, I do. Uh, yeah. But you know, it, you come out with something more personal if it's your friends that you're working with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can relate. I can relate. And. Uh, Look, where can people find you on the uh, internet? Um, uh, this stuff is all streaming. So, you know, you can look no, but, up Andrew Lessman Teethers on wherever. No, what uh, I'm asking is, is there an Andrew Lessman website? Oh, there is. Yeah, it's andrewlessmanmusic.com. Okay, people. A-N-D-R-E-W-L-E-S-S-M-A-N.com. And from there, you probably got links to all the other shit, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all there. Okay. Okay, because it's important, man. You got to check out this cat's music. I, I, I really dig what you're doing. Do you have plans for another one? 
Yeah, yeah. I just started recording the next one um, at my buddy Evan Taylor's studio in downtown L.A. Um, he just built this place out. It's got tons of like analog synth gear. It's like a little little playhouse. Um, so we, we got in there just a couple of weeks ago and put down a track. You're telling me you're rocking some synthesizer? I, yeah, I played some Juno. On okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of drummer men triggering synths with drums. They don't always have to use a keyboard, right? Uh, no, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do that, too. I do some triggering. Um, I, I, that's, you know, another thing that I learned out of necessity. You know, a lot of, a lot of bands. <laughs> Like some butt uh, hair metal butt bands, butt rock bands. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to Look, get all those butt rock. When, when you when you get this next record done, will you come back on the show? And we can play it and talk about it. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, man, I I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait to hear it. Thanks so much for being on the show. Big honor for me. Hey, thanks, man. It's okay. an honor to be with you. Okay, keep on keeping on, brother. People, it's been May 21, 2021 edition of Lock Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.